More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. The Barrow Group, five generations of construction in South Africa. Over the course of its 121-year history, the Barrow Property Group grew from a small carpentry shop into one of South Africa's leading property management and construction companies. Now, in its fifth generation, the firm is responsible for building many of Johannesburg's iconic properties and letting much of the city's most desirable office space. We sat down with John Barrow of the fifth generation, the managing and contract director at Barrow Construction, to discuss the group's history, the politics of business in South Africa, and the risks associated with growing too large too quickly. Enjoy this episode. Right, so John, we want to know a little bit more about yourself and about Barrow, basically because we, we read five generations and five generations is just not something that you come across all that often, even in our family business focus. So can you give us maybe a little bit of historical context of how Barrow started? So what makes us really unusual is I'm effectively John number five. And the original John Barrow came to South Africa in 1897. And my understanding is that Johannesburg was a small mining town at that stage. And he and his son were carpenters from Barrow in England. So that's really how the business started many generations ago. And amazingly, the business has grown over the years and there always seems to have been one family branch that has maintained the history and kept the business going. I remember my grandfather, uh, who was also John Barrow, and he would have been number three. Uh, I remember him fondly, and I joined the business when he was an old man and um, was not working at Barrow, but often was entertained and kept an interest in the business by his son, my father, John. Let me just take a step back. My grandfather had four sons and a daughter. All four worked in the business at some point in time, but one of the four fell out. Mary, the nurse, never joined the business. That left my dad, John, the eldest, David and Doug, and they worked together for all their working career. And when I joined the business in, I think, 1990, they were running the business then. And during the last 30 years, they've slowly moved out and now come and join us brothers and cousins at the office regularly to keep in touch but without being unkind they keep their offices and they try not to get in our way but we accommodate them in a similar way to the way my dad accommodated his father in fact there was a funny story 
they were short of office space 30 odd years ago. And when they heard the old man was coming to the office, they had to clear out an employee and let him sit at his desk and open the post and have a cup of tea. And then an hour later, he was on his way and they'd moved back the employee. We don't quite have to do that today, but it's not far off that. I think it's those stories that make you a real family business. Those are the kind of things that tick the boxes. John, this makes you the fifth generation. Is that correct? Yes. You said your siblings and your cousins, but how many people are currently involved from the family in, in Barrow? So there are my two brothers, Colin and Donald, and then two cousins, one each of David and Doug, Paul and Neil. So there are actually five Barrows in this fifth generation. And then I guess one of the things we're going to talk about is how, how the business has changed. And, and obviously, one of the big challenges in South Africa is what we call black economic empowerment. So we've actually got two non-Barrow family members, a young guy, Mike Makudu and Shanil Singh. And they are the first non-Barrow directors of Barrow Construction, but still now an integral part of the business. Absolutely. Let's go back, as you said, like to understanding exactly what it is that the core business was from the beginning and how it's evolved, because you've grown, you've grown quite significantly, of course, from those humble beginnings. But just tell us a little bit more about the industry and how it evolved in South Africa as well over your time. Okay, so I, I think we haven't spoken about not John number two, but Albert. Albert was number two. He, he confused the history a little bit, but Albert really took my, I forget what it is now, great-great-grandfather's original carpentry business into a prominent building business in the early 1900s in Johannesburg. And he befriended a famous South African architect, Herbert Baker, and became Herbert Baker's favorite builder. And there are many well-known homes and famous buildings in early Johannesburg that were Sir Herbert Baker buildings and built by my great-great-grandfather, Albert Barrow. And, and I guess Albert Barrow started the growth at Barrow and um, my grandfather, John Barrow, took over from him and continued the legacy and, and built many institutional buildings around the medical school in Johannesburg, the Witts University, uh, a famous school, St. John's College. But it was a small building business when my dad joined, I guess, in the 60s. And I think my dad and his brothers managed to take it to another level. And late in their career, the business started doing property developments. And I guess that's the big change over the last 40 years. What has really changed the business in the last 30 years is property development. As a construction company, we've been able to manage our workload and make a good living out of construction and development because we found them to be almost counter-cyclical. And I would hate to be a, uh, an ordinary building contractor who's struggling in a very competitive South African market where the barriers to entry are, are not great. and um, 
things are very tough at the moment. But fortunately, we haven't had to tender. And over the last five years, we've built a lot for Barrow Properties, which is a big part of our business now. So we talk about Barrow Properties and then Barrow Developments is kind of the glue between properties and construction. There isn't really a an entity called Barrow Developments, but we use shelf companies, depending on the opportunity, to to do our developments. Sometimes they're in Barrow construction, sometimes shelf companies, sometimes Barrow properties, whatever works at the time. But ultimately, our aim would either be to sell our developments or move them into Barrow properties and continue to grow our portfolio. You know, it, it seems there's always been a barrow at Barrows and like, it's, it's a very clear family ownership that has continued over generation, which we will talk about a little bit more. But you yourself, did you always know that this was going to be your path that where you're like, OK, you grew up with this and you were like, well, this is where I belong. Or did you take a detour and found your way to the company? How did it how did it work out for you? And, and what is your current position in the company? OK, so. Growing up as a youngster, I was always surrounded by buildings and often got encouraged to work on sites during my school holidays. And although I don't think I was ever pushed or coerced, it just seemed natural. And I ended up studying civil engineering at university and I had a handful of small jobs when I finished university before joining the business in 1990. So I think it has been natural. It wasn't forced, but I probably would have done something different had I not been brought up the way I had. But I, I've got no regrets. So um, it's been a wonderful career and, and I love what I'm doing. To talk about my role, I'm the eldest of the cousins. And I think what makes us really unique and many friends and colleagues wonder how it all works, but we are all equal in the business and we don't really have titles, I guess, because I'm the oldest and I've been around in the business the longest. When we're having a bad day, then it's my responsibility. When we're having a good day, then, then someone everyone else takes, takes the credit. credit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's in the name, John. See, it's the problem of being John. This is the thing, right? Like being John the fifth, it comes with some extra responsibility, apparently. It, it does. And outsiders see it like that, but it, it doesn't necessarily work like that internally. And as I said, we are all equal. I think when my brothers and cousins joined me and my dad and uncles over the 90s and 2000, from that sort of decade, there were some tough moments where I think we hadn't sort of found our equality. And, and there were times when we were equal, but not all all equal. But, you know, I think now that we're all in our 40s and 50s, we've kind of got over that. And we are a very healthy team. So I come from a civil engineering background and the construction side is my main focus. 
but um, we all help with the developments. And obviously, on the property side, although I'm not involved in the tenants and letting, if there are technical issues around looking after our own buildings, we we do that on the back of the construction expertise. So we are all involved in all aspects of the business. But just to talk a little bit about the others, um, my brother Colin is a quantity surveyor. And so he fulfills that role in in the construction business and then also plays an important role in the feasibility side of our development business. Donald, my other brother, runs uh, construction contracts and, and obviously Many of those are our own developments. So he's construction manager, project manager. Paul Barrow started out uh, with a bank on the property finance side. And Paul sort of manages our development deals and tenants. Neil Barrow, Paul's cousin and my cousin, is a chartered accountant and plays an an important role in making sure we all stay on the right side of the bank. And, and, And he's the youngest cousin playing a bigger and bigger role each year as I get lazy. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. It's an interesting remark there. We will we will dig a little deeper. <laughs> so you're talking about the moment that your brothers and your, your cousins started joining the business, and you had obviously been working with your father and your uncles. I was just wondering what it was like for you. So when the older generation left the company, was it like a was it a very conscious moment for you all where you were like, okay, well, let's now we're going to do exactly what we want? Or was it like by that time you'd all already reached a sort of like joint vision that meant you were just going forward and basically nothing changes? Are you Were you aware of those stages or not so much? No, not so much. So them joining the business happened over a decade or more and was a, a slow evolving process. I mean, there were some tough moments then, but nothing that I can really remember anymore. And certainly my dad and his two brothers moving on also happened over a decade and was done very amicably and gracefully. And by then we were pretty much doing all the hard work anyway. So it seems to have been an amazing process. Uh, We've been very lucky. Yeah, well, you've bypassed a lot of the typical nightmare scenarios that people associate with succession, etc. So we're really happy to hear that. Of course, a lot of listeners will ask themselves, well, what is the secret recipe? You told us a little bit about the flat hierarchy that you have between yourself and your brothers and your cousins, but decision-making. How would you describe your decision-making culture? So I think it's 99% consensus. And really, uh, I think our culture is very hands-on and informal. And sometimes I wonder if we run things by a shoestring and we do things impulsively, but it's always by consensus. In all my 30 odd years, have, have we ever had a significant conflict that I can remember and never really a big disagreement? What do you attribute that to, though, John? Because there must be something that you guys are doing to potentially prevent misunderstandings. How would you describe it? I think we're lucky that we observed how 
my dad and his brothers worked together. I don't think it was always the smoothest, but they managed to hold it together. And, and I think also when you're doing well enough, you can afford to be a little bit gracious and not sweat the small stuff. Absolutely. So we've been lucky that the business has been kind to us and our property developments have worked out. So as long as things keep going okay, it's quite easy to work together. And I think in my brothers and Neil and Paul, we've each got unique skills uh, that have complemented the business. And amazingly, the the five, and, and I mustn't forget Mike and Chenille, our kind of uh, adopted family members, we really are quite a strong team that's kind of been thrown together and, and it just all seems to work. I don't think we can really talk about just luck over five generations, but we will we will take it. It's a it's it's nice to hear that that things are working out this way for you guys. Can you tell us a little bit more about the construction and property management industry and how it's evolved in South Africa? Like, is your biggest concern today, for instance, digitalization, or is it more uh, related to um, other economic factors? Like, what are your biggest challenges and opportunities? So I thinking back to the 90s, I mean, South Africa wasn't a very happy place and the unstable politics and segregation was a massive issue. Labor was a huge problem. I mean, everything was politicized. So that was a massive challenge in the 80s and 90s. I think the remarkable transformation that happened in South Africa in 94, thanks to Mandela and his government, has meant that uh, South Africa had a boom time in the late 90s, and we were able to enjoy the fruits of that. So obviously, more recently, we've had a horrible 10 years uh, under the President Zuma, and, and certainly there is a sense of uh, some recovery uh, under the current president. But the economy is in such a mess that it, it's really difficult. And what South Africa desperately needs is, is growth and jobs. And we're lucky to be relatively busy on the construction and development side, but it is worrying that we, we really are shuffling tenants around and it's not new growth that is keeping us ahead and at some point we need growth otherwise there are going to be too many empty offices which is really our niche market we develop offices and i think we've stayed ahead of the game by having good addresses and good new developments and people are always keen to move into them but it does leave vacant space and that space is growing and not that I'm close to the property letting market, but we are under pressure on our portfolio in terms of rentals. It's still a country that is massively influenced, of course, by the politics and by young systems that are still building themselves. And of course, in the construction industry, I'm, I'm sure that can be felt probably more than anywhere else, right? So Absolutely. And I remember my dad, telling me once, uh, bigger doesn't mean better. And there's no doubt 
that some of the big construction companies in South Africa uh, have really struggled over the last five years, and a number of them have folded. And I think they look enviously at our very niche market where we can be nimble and flexible and manage our own portfolio and contract with third parties when it suits us, but also do a lot of our own work. So to have a massive organization and to do government projects has got them into lots of trouble, and we're lucky to have avoided that. We never did work for the government in the bad old days. We don't do any government work now, so we're fortunate that we've played in the right space. Do you feel like the family ownership and management has had something to do with that? Well, I think I mentioned our very hands-on approach has meant that our growth has actually been remarkably slow. I look at some companies that are around today and 10 years ago, they didn't even exist. If I think it's taken us 120 years to be as small as we are, we've actually been hell of a slow. But the fact that we're not a big group now suits us and it suits our hands-on style and we can only manage so much. We're all grateful that we're not a big listed company that's desperate to answer to shareholders. But how does that work actually? So in terms of like shareholders in, in your company, are you all the same? Is your ownership distributed across all the all, all the family branches in the same way? Or is there a majority with someone or how does that work? I mean, that's part of the equality that I mentioned earlier. So not only do we all draw the same salary, but we all have the same shareholding in Barra construction and in Barra properties. It's changed slightly over the last 10 years in that Mike and Chenille are now directors and shareholders in Barrow. So there is a small distinction between the Barrow family versus them, but they do have a significant stake in the business. But the property side is still the five of us. And I, I think we'll get on to how things evolve, but I think the fact that We've got a property side and the construction probably makes uh, the next generation's task a bit easier. And although it's not going to be the same as my dad and his two brothers, I think because we've now got outsiders, it's going to have to be done on a more commercial basis than a family basis. And who, who knows how that's going to evolve? We don't really have a plan at this stage. One of the things we're talking about right now is how our property business doesn't have a BEE rating. I don't know if you're familiar with Black Economic Empowerment. So, so all businesses are under pressure to show Black ownership and empowerment. And I think we've done remarkably well in Barrow Construction. And we are today a level four business, which means we kind of par. One is, is fully empowered and a Black-owned business, which is obviously very difficult for five white South Africans to be. But we are par. And Mike and Chenille control 30% of the construction business. We haven't been successful on the property side to date. Um, and obviously, that's a much bigger challenge because 
the numbers are much bigger in the property business than in the construction business. Having said that, we're in the process of looking into listing a portion of our property portfolio. In South Africa, the property funds are known as REITs, uh, Retail Investment Trusts. We're planning to create a REIT, and we're going to start in a small way, and we are talking to a black advisor and investor in joining us in forming a REIT. And in that way, that's going to solve some of our lack of BEE on the property side. And it's also going to be a a way whereby we can learn more about REITs and perhaps a listed vehicle, which may be a way of us ultimately being more flexible and more liquid in dealing with our property portfolio as Generation 6 begins. Oh, and, and we're going to talk about Generation 6 in a moment. I have I have one more question about what you're facing today uh, in the construction industry, which is there is a worldwide disruption happening in your sector right now due to technological advancement that is very rapid. What today is like the tech trend or the technology that you feel will have the greatest impact on the construction industry? And, and how do you as a business prepare for that? So I don't think construction per se has changed or is changing significantly. We pour concrete and we lay bricks and that's got to be done by people and we've got to do that efficiently and accurately. I think, and and I'm kind of digressing from construction back to properties, I think We do face a challenge around rental trends and how people rent office space and whether they need office space at all or whether they can sit at home and work on their laptop uh, remotely. You you know, I think South Africa is probably behind in that trend from a worldwide perspective. But I honestly can't see with our massive need for jobs that construction per se is about to change and become more automated. We still employ lots of people, and I certainly think we need to continue to employ lots of people. But the property side is changing and probably changing way faster than the construction side. And that will be something that Generation 6 is going to have to deal with. And let's talk about the sixth generation of of Barrow. I, I liked in the beginning of this interview, John, you sort of hinted that There was not exactly direct pressure on you, but there was a sort of expectation, I guess, that you would join the business. (laughs) So you never really questioned it. How do you today approach this conversation with the next generation? And and what do they say? So I'm lucky in that I've got triplet girls, which is pretty unique. And um, they're 24 now. And I think it's been easy for me not to pressurize them. Uh, One of them still studying genetics. Another is a chemical engineer working in America. So neither of those two look like they're about to come and help me. I do have an accountant who's now living at home doing her articles. And she could be in the running in the near future. And It's quite nice to see my cousin, Neil, saying, when is your daughter going to come and help me? 
Oh, that's nice. So if anything, the pressure is coming from him, not me. You're using Neil to get your daughter into the family business. We get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I do think the next generation, it is going to be different in that it's going to be handled more commercially and never have we had to deal with brothers and cousins. So the complexity has, in this generation, got a lot more complicated. And right now, we're probably a little remiss in not stopping and thinking really how how are we going to deal with this? Because it's very soon with all the cousins growing up, my girls being the eldest. So it, it is going to be interesting to see how things evolve. I, I, I do think that in a similar way to our parents, um, it's very easy for the construction company almost to be given to whoever wants to run it because it's not massively valuable and it really is hard work. You really have to want it. Yeah. Whoever wants it can have it and good luck to them. <laughs> I mean, people often ask me what's going to happen, but it's probably not as material as they think it is. And it's more of a challenge than a hallelujah. Our thinking around the property business and small listing might be a way whereby we deal with making our property business more liquid and make it easier for anyone to exit should they wish to. But um, none of us are thinking like that. So it's still 10 or 20 years away. As a last question, then I'm going to turn this around. What is your dearest wish? So unlike some of the brothers and cousins, I'm not as sentimental as they are about our history. And I think it'll be what it is. I hope the construction business carries on. I hope whether it's one of my daughters or my nieces or nephews, good luck to them. And I think there's a way that uh, with the help of Mike and Chenille, that they will be able to take it forward. But, you know, I, I've got no expectations and they don't have to do anything and become the greatest or the biggest construction company in South Africa because that's probably not the wisest thing to do. I would kind of reiterate what I remember my dad saying, bigger is not better. And, you know, I think if they were able to make a difference in South Africa in, in a meaningful way, um, that would make me proud. And that's all I would really wish for. I don't think I could have asked for a better ending to the conversation, John. That's very edifying. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. No, but it's been an absolute pleasure. And your understanding of the industry and family businesses is obvious. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.